Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. Ten, nine, ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. It's Ham Radio with Neil Rapp. Here we go. Welcome to Ham Talk Live. Call in, let's talk. Neil's your guy. Ham Talk Live. Here we go on Ham Talk Radio. Okay, engine stop. Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Roger, Tranquility. We copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. Well, good evening, everyone. Yes, the Eagle has landed. It's at Ham Talk Live, episode number 124. The NASA On The Air update recorded live on Thursday, July 19th, 2018. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Dr. Rob Suggs, KB5EZ, Mike Logan, KM4WUO, Tanner Jones, W9TWJ, and Ken Ransom, N5VHO, and they are all with different uh, aspects of NASA, and they'll be talking about NASA on the air tonight, and we'll take your calls live in the next segment. Uh, We'll give you a chance to call in and ask any questions that you have and any comments that you have tonight, and I hope you heard us last week. We were on a little... uh, different time. It was 8 a.m. when we did last week's show, and uh, that was because we were live from Germany at WRTC 2018. Ed Durant, DD5LP, was there to uh, bring some of the uh, staff and the competitors to us, and uh, if you missed that, you can listen at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube, and uh, you can find us there. So uh, congratulations to the uh, Lithuanian team who uh, walked away with the uh, championship for 2018. So uh, get your NASA on the air questions ready to go after uh, we talk to these guys for a little bit. Uh, You can give us a call, and uh, let me go ahead and give you the number. It's not time to call yet, but 
Uh, we'll give you the number. It's 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Or you can Skype us on the username HamTalkLive. And you can uh, call in there as well. Or you can tweet us. Our Twitter handle is at HamTalkLive. And I'll be back with the NASA crew right after this word from ICOM America right here on HamTalk Live. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. It's time to get the transceiver that is best suited for your lifestyle. ICOM offers a variety of high-performance and innovative products. See how you can make the most out of contest season with one of these transceivers. First, the IC7851. It's the competitive edge you've been looking for. Raise the bar and hear what others cannot with this flagship HF and 50 MHz transceiver that has reciprocal mixing dynamic range, crystal clear LO design, spectrum scope, dual receivers, and digital voice recorder. The one I've been drooling over lately, the IC7610. It's the SDR every ham wants and just in time for contest season. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals even in the presence of stronger adjacent ones. The new ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling system, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receiver, and dual digit select. The reason I've been drooling over the IC7610 is the performance I've seen at work with our IC7300. It's changing the way entry-level HF is designed. This high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large touchscreen, a real-time spectrum scope, and an SD card slot. It's all in the IC7300. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. What's that call sign again? WB9VPG. That's right, Delium 9 Bainte Pterodactyl Nat, right? Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. <laughs> Thanks to ICOM America for sponsoring the show each week here on Ham Talk Live. And don't forget, all summer long, we'll have a winner of our Call of the Night contest. All you have to do is call into the show during the proper time. We'll pick a random caller as the winner of the show. Tonight's winner will receive an autographed copy of the Bob Heil Ham Radio Handbook, second edition from Heil Sound, so if you uh, call in tonight, you may have a chance to win. So uh, give us a, a call when it's time. But first, let me introduce you to uh, to our NASA folks here. Uh, leading off is uh, Dr. Rob Suggs, KB5EZ. He works at NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center in Alabama as a space environments team lead. He's responsible for the compatibility of NASA flight projects with meteoroid and orbital debris, ionizing radiation, neutral thermosphere, and ionosphere plasma environments. Mike Logan, KM4WUO, is the head of NASA Langley Small Unmanned Aerial Vehicle Laboratory 
or the Suave Lab, uh, which designs, develops, builds, and tests small unmanned craft and provides expertise to national-level organizations on designs, operations, and airspace integration. Our third guest is Tanner Jones, W9TWJ. He's an electrical reliability engineer with Marathon Petroleum Company near Houston, Texas. And he's the webmaster and QSL manager for the Johnson Space Center Amateur Radio Club. And I've known him since he was a kid. He, he was uh, up the road here from where I'm at tonight. Uh, he was... Uh, from the Robinson, Illinois area, just down the road from Vincennes, Indiana, which is where we're actually bringing you the show tonight. I had to be down here for a few days, and so uh, we're just doing this uh, by remote tonight. So new uh, new place to uh, host the show. But uh, Tanner, I've known for a very long time. We were both in the same uh, club here, the Old Post Amateur Radio Society, for a little while, um, and uh, he was the uh, webmaster for that club for quite some time after I uh, moved away. And uh, our last uh, guest tonight is Ken Ransom, N5VHO, and he is the project coordinator for the Amateur Radio on the International Space Station project, and that's through Berrios Technologies. And Ken trains astronauts on using amateur radio and demonstrates ham radio to schools off and along with astronauts. So he, he's the man when it comes to Eris. So guys, thanks for coming on the show tonight to update us on NASA on the air. Glad to be Glad here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us, Neil. All right. Well, we've we've got uh, a few months in here on NASA on the air, and uh, so Rob, tell us how things are going so far, and the contract uh, or the contact tracking system, or as as you know, we do in science, we have those TLAs, those three letter acronyms, so that so it's the CTS, and. Uh, some of the upcoming events um, that are going to be going on in the second half. All right. Well, Neil, thanks again for having us on. Um, uh, for a second time, you got us off to a great start back in December when we kicked this off with the Apollo 17 event. And uh, we have some uh, really great events coming up here through the second half of this. Uh, as far as how we've been doing, well, we've been making some contacts. We have uh, over 16,000 contacts in the logs now. Uh, with over 10,000 unique call signs. This contact tracking system, or CTS you talked about, uh, is was created by Matt McDougall. He's one of our members. That's KA0S. A uh, very nice piece of software where all of the clubs upload their logs. And it gives uh, all you hams out there a way to see how you're doing as you're chasing our various clubs on different bands and modes. It's kind of a club log style of uh, of user interface there. Uh, we upload our logs. You just type in a call sign to check uh, your contacts. Um, we've been mostly active on HF, uh, but there have been uh, quite a few satellite contacts and even a few meteor scatter uh, QSOs. Um, most contacts have been on phone, uh, on sideband, but uh, many have been CW. Uh, there's been some PSK-31, quite a few FT-8 contacts as well. I've uh, been really enjoying that mode, and several of the clubs are doing that. Uh, QSL instructions, if you want a paper QSL, uh, can be found at the various club call sign uh, QRZ.com pages. Um, 
And uh, most of us are uploading to Logbook of the World and some to EQSL as well. Uh, but, so there are various ways to get confirmation of the contact. But the contact tracking system is a primary way to see how you're doing. Uh, upcoming events now, our, our, our really big ones are coming up. Our NASA's 60th anniversary uh, is at the end of July, and a number of the clubs will be on the air for that. Um, then the end of November, we have the ISS 20th anniversary. Uh, we're planning a coordinated event right now with the European Space Agency. Uh, we had uh, one of our colleagues over there contact us. We've also been looking for uh, some uh, contacts at the other uh, space agencies that are involved with ISS, uh, the Canadian, Japanese, and Russian space agencies. We haven't uh, you know, found uh, the right club folks there yet to see if they'd like to do something coordinated. But stay tuned. Check our um, nasaontheair.wordpress.com site. Uh, for uh, uh, further information as that develops. Um, and uh, let's see, that to end all of this, the year-long event is the Apollo 8 50th anniversary. That's the end of December, and that'll wrap it up the event. Uh, at that time, you'll be able to go on and download and print a certificate that gives your score, and uh, it's kind of a nice commemorative thing. Uh, in addition to the special events that we've celebrated along the way, such as the 45th anniversary of Apollo 17 back in December and the 45th of Skylab uh, back in May, I believe it was, and the 35th anniversary of Sally Ride's first flight. Uh, she was the first American woman in space. Uh, we've been making casual contacts and working contests. All of those contacts count for credit. Uh, my favorites are the casual contacts. Uh, we sometimes get to chat with hams. Uh, so many of them will share fond memories they have of of the events that we're commemorating. And, and some of them are actually involved. A really cool one was I've worked a guy, I think a couple of times now, who was actually on the carrier, the USS Hornet, uh, that uh, recovered the Apollo 11 crew. And that was quite cool. Um, even though uh, most of these events that we try to work are evenly divisible by five anniversaries, the Apollo 11 49th anniversary is going on right now. 49 years ago tomorrow is when Apollo 11 landed on the moon. Uh, so a number of the clubs will be on the air this weekend and some right through the week leading up to the 60th birthday of NASA uh, the following weekend. Um, so we generally announce our operating frequencies on Twitter and Facebook, and I know that uh, Neil has sent those uh, those out. Uh, those links are also on the arnota.ka0s.net uh, uh, and our WordPress site as well. Uh, we're usually spotted on the DX clusters as well. So, so that's kind of what's going on, Neil. And um, we've got a lot coming, and I uh, hope to get a lot more uh, uh, contacts in the log uh, through the rest of the year. So 49 years ago tomorrow, we heard this. I'm going to step off the limb now. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And, and I kind of like, if, if you listen really, really close to that clip, you can hear some some sideband stuff in the background. It, it's, it's pretty cool. And so uh, that's tomorrow. So, so we've got uh, quite a bit of stuff uh, going on here. And um, we've got a Neil and we've got a Mike. Now, I'm not sure where Buzz fits into this, but uh, 
We do have a Mike, and Mike is up at uh, Langley Research Center. And uh, a lot of times uh, we kind of forget about the other A in NASA, and that's aeronautics. So, Mike, tell us some of the aeronautics stuff going on up there at Langley. I'd be glad to. Uh, Thanks for having us on. Yeah, it's interesting. uh, Two days, let's see, I guess it was two days ago last year, July 17th of 1917, the Langley Memorial Aeronautical Laboratory was stood up. And so uh, Langley celebrated their 100th birthday last year. So we've been around a while. Uh, Lots of uh, interesting firsts. I, I come from an airplane design background. One of the first things that the uh, Langley Memorial Aeronautical Laboratory did was do wind tunnel tests of airfoils. And the the data that was generated back then is still used today for a lot of things. So we've been uh, doing stuff for a long time. Uh, A lot of the X-planes that uh, people remember were done via NASA's aeronautics program. Uh, These days we're, we're continuing that tradition. We've got, uh, one new X-plane called the X-57, which uh, is an all-electric distributed propulsion aircraft that we're going to be flying. And we've got uh, – we just just started on uh, what's called a, a low-boom sonic – low sonic boom demonstrator, excuse me, that uh, we're going to be looking at to uh, uh, push some boundaries of technologies like we, like we have been doing for – those that are trying to uh, chase down the various aeronautics-related centers, the uh, call signs for that. I had to write them down because otherwise I wouldn't remember them. Uh, NA6MF is our NASA Ames research facility out in California. And NA6SA is our Armstrong Flight Research Center where we do a lot of the uh, flying of X-planes and that sort of thing. NA8SA is our NASA Glenn facility. Their uh, concentration is propulsion and power and communications. And then the uh, Langley Club sign is KG4NJA. So if you want to chase down some of the aeronautics centers, uh, feel free to uh, go after those call signs. We'll probably have uh, a number of uh, specific dates for various first flights of this vehicle or that vehicle uh, sometimes we'll we'll pick a date where there was a uh, a record set like the uh, Helios solar powered vehicle set an all time altitude record for uh, propeller driven vehicles and things like that. So uh, we'll be we'll we'll be doing several things. And uh, me personally, I'm involved in something we call Safe by Design. We're trying to design and build small drones that. Uh, even if everything goes completely south, it won't hurt anybody if it falls out of the sky. That's kind of a challenge, but uh, I think we're up to it. Well, I, I, I've seen some footage of some of the tests that you guys put some of these crafts through, and it, it, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> it's extensive. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, I just. Uh, uh, I can't believe some of the things you guys do to those poor crafts. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Uh, at, at Langley, we have what used to be the uh, Lunar Lander practice gantry. Uh, it's where all the astronauts trained 
to kind of maneuver the lunar lander to a specific spot. Uh, big, tall gantry. It's a couple hundred feet tall and probably uh, 300 feet long. Well, okay, so that now does a lot of crash testing where we take fuselages and wings and things like that, helicopters, and we deliberately smack them into the ground with you know, dummies on board to record their you know, forces and moments and things like that to uh, help build safer aircraft. So, yeah, yeah and yeah. I think a lot of people probably remember the video footage of the uh, one airliner-looking thing that, uh, you know, came in and landed on the desert bed and smacked a wing and, of course, burst into flames. That was out <laughs> at our uh, uh, Armstrong Flight Research Center. So, yeah, uh, yeah we, 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 we push the boundaries. We make sure that these things are going to work right well, very important job, and we uh, we thank you for working on those things and and drones that yeah if if something goes bad doesn't smack somebody on the head and everything well, well that that would be good too. Well, we're going to move on down to Houston and Johnson Space Center, and Tanner Jones W nine TWJ is here, and and I can always give him a hard time because I've known him so long, but. Uh, They've been extremely active uh, on the bands uh, for NASA on the air, and I know uh, Tanner and I have uh, made some uh, contacts at school and even field day with with a little help on uh, 1.8 gigahertz uh, doing some spotting. But uh, tell us about what's going on down there in Houston, Tanner. Okay, well, as uh, Rob said, we started off back in December um, celebrating the 45th anniversary of Apollo 17 with a week-long celebration. Uh, we had a great presence throughout the week of operators coming in before work and during their lunch break and then after work. So, uh, And we also had a steady, steady stream of operations throughout the weekend. And then it basically rolls to a list of uh, a lot of firsts down here uh, for the JFC ARC. Uh, we started off at the end of January by operating in the club's first ever winter field day. So we had a great exercise here as it was a quote-unquote true field day as our goal was not to use any of our current infrastructure and we operated outside. So um, uh, we didn't have as big of a RF footprint with all their amplifiers and everything and we certainly didn't have typical Texas weather as it was very cool and damp, but we uh, certainly managed and we had a great time doing it. And then we also were able to capture some great lessons learned um, from this event for ARRL Field Day, which I'll talk about here in a second. And then, believe it or not, we, we actually took a month off. So um, in the past, the shack has seen some water intrusion during some heavy, um, heavy rain events. So um, back in August, kind of Hurricane Harvey dealt the final card, and we got a small amount of water in the shack. But thankfully, it was just enough to get the carpet damp and be a little bit of an annoyance. Um, so um, Keith Grimm, who was our president, uh, K5, excuse me, KG5HOK, uh, decided to replace the carpet with tile. So we had to move all the equipment out of the shack and, and get everything staged, and that presented an opportunity to get a nice fresh coat of paint on the wall. So we were actually QRT for most of the month of February, but uh, we did have to do something hand-related. We just couldn't do all the administrative stuff in the shack, and uh, <laughs> our... Uh, our vice president, uh, Dave Lee, W5OC, led an effort to add a first to the shack, which was 160-meter capability. So Dave installed a parallel shunt-fed wire along our outer rails of our 80-foot tower. 
And that pretty much led us right into testing and the CQ Worldwide 160 contest at the end of February, which we had a lot of fun in as well. Uh, we had a small presence in the ARRL DX contest, but uh, Mr. Murphy happened to show up that weekend, so uh, certainly didn't go as planned, but uh, we certainly gave it a whirl. And um, and then we've just kind of continued with casual operating. Uh, we've This event has allowed us to take uh, part in one of Amish Radio's staples of experimenting, so we've been able to introduce many, uh, many members, including myself, to the hottest mode, which is FT8. And then in conjunction with our license classes that we offer by, um, they're being instructed by Dr. Bob Sully, N9RCS, and uh, Stu Donnan, uh, W4STU, uh, we've been able to introduce newly licensed operators to the world of HF and satellites. So um, that's been good, too. And uh, speaking of satellites, we had a, a major goal for the club this year is an effort being led by Mac, or Mike uh, Vanderwalde, N8MTV, to get our station AERIS certified. So Mike and John Macca, who's AB5SS, uh, Jeff Harbor, AB4ME, and Terry Moore, KG5TJT, they've been working very hard to op optimize our satellite station and get it ready for certification. So we've been very active on the birds as well. As uh, you mentioned, we, we made a contact during uh, uh, ARL field day. So um, it was another first for us. So we, uh, we operate in conjunction with the Clear Lake Amateur Radio uh, Club, which is K5HOU. And uh, we had our biggest field day in the history of the club. We operated 12F. We had three little villages that were uh, spaced out. We had a CW, a digital, and a sideband. And uh, we we, get, we captured this from lessons learned during winter field day and in uh, and, and the effort to reduce RFI. And we just had a great time. Uh, we also uh, operated simultaneously in AMSAT field day and just had a great turnout. We actually uh, held operations uh, tw throughout, the, throughout the entire event, 24 hours, which... I wasn't able to do, but I, I certainly did it in my younger days, but I wasn't able to do that. But uh, um, So we're continuing to uh, – we're going to work other contests throughout this year, um, and uh, we also have an uh, EME uh, event planned. We, we kind of talked about that earlier in the year, so we're going to do that. But our next big event is actually, as, as Rob mentioned, will be starting next week, which is the 60th anniversary of the Space Act being signed. So. We're basically planning another big operation. Uh, we're going to duplicate basically what we did during Apollo 17. We'll have operations beginning on the 23rd of July, and we'll run all the way through the 29th. And uh, Ken Goodwin, K5RG, who you, you might remember and is our resident yo-yo player, uh, he'll be operating a vintage station. He'll have a 1958 vintage station consisting of a an EF Johnson Viking Ranger 1, and he'll have a Johnson Courier Amp and a Hammerland uh, HQ145C. So uh, Ken's plan to use a J38 straight key, a Viroplex bug for CW, and then we're also going to try to make some AM contacts, which should get some attention, hopefully. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, we'll have another special QSL card up for grabs, uh, and then all we ask is a self-addressed stamped envelope. So we certainly hope to hear you next week, and we we just want to thank all the stations as well as well as who've uh, certainly already made this event so successful. So that's basically what we've been up to in Houston, Neil. Yeah, lots going on down there at uh, Johnson Space Center, and uh, we don't want to leave out Ken here. Uh, in fact, uh, we we're, we're, things kind of got turned around last time, and 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 we didn't end up with Ken on the show. So I want to make sure we get him on tonight because. Uh, He's also down at Johnson Space Center, but he's the man when it comes to Eris. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the things going on there with the uh, space station. And, and he's made a lot of contributions to 
uh, heiress that are just truly outstanding. So, uh, Ken, tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on with heiress here. Okay, Neil. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, you know, a lot of folks uh, wonder what it is I do, and I tell them I operate ham radio on the space station, and either I get a, ooh, that's cool, or, or I get a deer in the headlights look, and those are usually the non-hams. Uh, right now, on board, we have uh, six folks up there. Three of them are Americans. One of them is uh, German, and the other two are Russian. And uh, of those, five of them are male, and we have one female up there right now. So there's a, a, a lot of activity going on board. Uh, I have two of them licensed, uh, no, actually three of them licensed in the U.S., and then we have a, a, the, the Russians who operate under a slightly different ru- licensing system. And uh, then, um, so the mix is constantly changing every time we have different crews. Uh, I just happened to notice a little while ago that uh, the space station is in optimal viewing for folks uh, this week over North America. So if they want to wander out and check out uh, spotthestation.nasa.gov, they can figure out when the space station is going to be going by and whether or not they can see it. But like it, look, it looks like right now there's going to be several opportunities to see the space station fly over, and uh, that's an incredible sight if you've never had the opportunity. Normally what I do is I tell folks to go out with their ham radio and say, hey, you can listen to the space station as it goes overhead. Unfortunately, the packet module system that we normally have operating in beacon mode and relaying signals decided to belly up on us. So we're currently in the process of manifesting a replacement uh, unit to go up on the space station. We hope to get that back up and and running probably in the October time frame uh, when the next uh, vehicle has some room on it to take it up. And then we're also working on revitalizing a lot of the equipment on board because most of it has been up there for uh, over a decade. And uh, the new system that's coming online is going to uh, allow us to kind of spread our wings a little bit and offer a lot more than we have been able to in the past. Uh, Occasionally we would have voice cross-band repeat capabilities. That probably will become a little bit more of a mainstay. Uh, we'll reestablish the packet system opportunities. Uh, we've already seen some SSTV activity uh, from the Russian side, and they like playing around with that. So look forward to seeing that in the, in the future again. And all of these activities, including the school events, that that's mainly where my focus is, hooking up school kids, talking to astronauts as the space station is passing over the ground site. Uh, and allowing them to ask their questions and get answers from the astronaut in real time via ham radio uh, is is the biggest focus of what Eris does. So all those activities are are keeping us really busy, and hopefully by uh, the middle of next year, you're going to see a lot more uh, activity on board from the space station. In the meantime, enjoy what we can get down to the uh, to folks on the ground, and uh, if you want more information about the program, check out www.ariss.org. And that's all I've got. All right, Ken. Well, thanks for all of that good information. And Scott Ellis is online here and says, uh, any update on when the radios will be fixed? So we got we got that one answered before uh, before we even got to it. So uh, thanks for, uh, for doing that. And I will throw in also that... Uh, you know, uh, getting these radio upgrades, uh, we've talked about them on the show before. I've talked about them on Newsline before, and and uh, they're still collecting donations to uh, to get all that stuff updated. 
um, and get um, the radio and the, uh, the new power supply up there for the school contacts and, and then now the, the you know some of the packet stuff and so um, go to amsat.org click on the donate to Eris button and uh, and help out on that okay well we're running behind time which i kind of expected so let's take a break and uh, when we come back we'll take calls and tweets and uh, and see what you all have to ask about nasa on the air right after this word from tower electronics right here on ham talk live hey honey have you seen the pl 259s anywhere no i haven't come on kids let's go there's just one place to go for all of your connector needs. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. A giant warehouse of connectors and adapters for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And they have antennas, soldering supplies, cables, meters, and more. Where do you go if you want to buy a connector at a fraction of retail cost? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquid sale. Buy nine solder type PL259s. Get the tenth one for just one penny. One penny, penny. They make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a PL259? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Hi, I'm Scott Cole, KB9AMM, president of Tower Electronics. I like the company so much that I bought it. Tower Electronics, coming to a ham fest near you or online at pl-259.com. And we're in the yellow pages under Amateur Radio Connectors. My, wherever did you get that lovely PL-259? Tower Electronics, pl-259.com, or call 920-435-2973. Do we sell PL-259 connectors? Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Tower Electronics Hamfest schedule coming up August 5th, Berryville, Virginia. August 11th, Huntington, West Virginia. August 18th, 19th, Huntsville, Alabama. Or visit them at pl-259.com. And Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at hamtalklive.com. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we did uh, post some links for the NASA on the air stuff. And, uh, and also some data that we may talk about here in a little bit, but some of the front runners and, and how many contacts have been been made here. And um, we'll send it back to, uh, to Rob here in just a minute, and then we'll talk a little bit about those heiress contacts. But we do have a call on the line, so we want to get uh, the call in here. Um, and we have Brian, KG5, KGT. So uh, good evening, Brian. Hey, Neil. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, enjoying the NASA on the air uh, event so far. And um, in 2014, NASA astronaut Reed Wiseman, KF5 LKT, worked field day from the ISS. Um, I think it would be awesome if they could get an astronaut from the ISS on the air. So my question is, is are there any plans to try and get a licensed astronaut on the ISS on the air for the uh, NASA on the air event? 
I'd say that's a Ken question. Ken? Yep, that uh, sounds like that one's in my ballpark. And uh, I have asked uh, every crew member that goes up that is licensed uh, if they want to try to take the time to do that. And a lot of them say, well, I'll have to see when I get up there. And then that's usually the last I hear of them because they've got their head buried in science experiments and research. Um, but, you know, I've been surprised before. So I won't say that it's not going to happen, but uh, it, it, the chances of it, it's kind of like Rare DX. Uh, you, you never know when it's going to happen. So um, be on the lookout. Listen to the downlink, 14580. And if you happen to hear a crew member calling CQ, uh, be ready to jump on it. All right. I appreciate it. Like I said, just uh, wondering if that was in the works. And at least you're asking. That's about all you can do. So uh, thanks for taking my question. And uh, uh, like I said, enjoying the event. All right. Thanks for calling in, Brian. Appreciate it. All right. 73. All right. 73. And that phone number again is 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261. If you have a question or comment about NASA on the air, um, be sure to give us a call here. We'd like to hear from you this evening. Let me throw it back over to Rob. I know Rob has got some new information on um, how the ARIS contacts um will work for nasa on the air so uh, rob you want to talk about that for a minute yeah you bet uh, yeah appreciated brian's question about that because a lot of folks you know when we first started this we thought we would like iss to be a part of this as well but as ken said you know they've got some equipment issues so what we've done is set up um, a uh, a place in the contact tracking system where if you receive uh, an aris downlink if you hear a school contact going on or if you receive one of these uh, slow scan images uh, that come down from the Russian segment, and we're working on trying to get some more of those um, associated with uh, with this event uh, later in the year, but that's still in the planning uh, uh, stages. If you hear one of these things, you can um, uh, go into the contact tracking system. There's a place there where you can check a box, and you say, hey, I, I received... Uh, uh, you know, a slow scan image, uh, you know, such and such date. And that will give you credit for that contact. So it's sort of SWL credit. It's purely honor system. We're not checking any evidence of the contact. We're, we don't have any logs, of course, to do that. But that will show up as an endorsement on your certificate at the end of the year. So that's how we're handling that for now. All right. Very good. And we do have another call on the line. So who's, uh, who's with us here now? Uh, this is Al in for EII, and uh, I had a question. I was recently down at uh, Cape Canaveral and took a uh, couple of tours, and on the bus tour, I'm pretty sure we went by the radio shack for the club down there, and I was just wondering if there's any chance of uh, any tours or uh, getting together with any of the folks if I'm back down there. Well, that's a Kevin question. Kevin's not here, and i got to admit that um i'm 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 trying to do the same thing next week (laughs) uh rob do you have any uh any insight on that yeah i don't know uh exactly how that would uh, work but i would say uh at the the risk of getting fussed at here by kevin uh try to email kk4 yankee echo lima uh that's kevin zary uh, he's he's one of the the prime guys down there. If you go to his QRZ page and email him, he'll tell you what the possibilities are for that. It's a little bit difficult getting on the NASA centers now uh, with all the additional security, 
Uh, but uh, I'd say just contact Kevin and, and, and see what you can do there. Okay, thank you very much. And, hey, that was an exciting trip, seeing Blue Origin's new building and uh, everything that's going on down there. The space program is uh, on fire, I'd say, right now. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see a lot of that stuff, Al. And uh, appreciate uh, you calling in tonight. And I uh, hope you enjoyed your your trip down there. And uh, like I said, I'm 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 in there with you. I'm I'm trying to do the same thing here in a few days, hopefully. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And talk to Kevin. Okay. Good luck, Neil. Thank you for everything. All right. Thank you. 812-638-4261 is the telephone number, 812-NET-HAM-1. If you have a uh, question or a comment, we've got a few minutes left here. Um, do you want to mention some of the uh, tweets that have come in? KD9HQT says, my mouth is drooling with all the events coming up, and there are a bunch. And uh, we got uh, Scott's question about uh, getting things fixed. Um, I know... Jeff, WE4B, mentioned that uh, his one NOTA contact was a satellite contact, which he uh, operates satellite a lot. So uh, he's uh, got the, um, looks like he talked to Kevin down there at uh, Kennedy. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get some more satellite contacts going there too and uh, maybe hear uh, Johnson uh, Space Center on down there. Okay, uh, 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261 is the phone number. And I know, Rob, you've got uh, a few other things that you want to try to, to talk about, uh, people trying to uh, to find you and, and working through the pileups and, and that kind of thing. So uh, let, me, uh, let me give you a chance to talk about that a little bit. All right, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a great event. As I said earlier, we, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, getting to chat with folks, but occasionally we get pileups. We love pileups. Uh, some of our operators are not as familiar with those, uh, how to operate those, but these are such friendly pileups that it's been a great experience for uh, for them to kind of learn how to handle that. Uh, it's just, uh, just a real positive all around. And I did want to point out that, you know, we're looking back at a lot of historical events here. Keep in mind, we've got a really exciting future coming. Uh, in just a couple of years, we'll be launching space station crews from U.S. soil again. Uh, thanks to the commercial crew program, uh, we'll start flying the space launch system and the Orion spacecraft to send crews beyond the moon uh, for the first time in uh, 45 years. Um, we'll begin assembly of an out, uh, assembly of an outpost uh, called Gateway in orbit around the moon, uh, which will be a stepping stone for lunar landings and um, and potentially Mars missions. So, uh, you know, a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, in the future of the space program too and we want to talk to you about that and share those things with you too as uh, as we have time uh during these contacts 812-638-4261 if you're going to call now is the time to to do that we're just about out of time here tonight but uh give us a tweet give us a call or a skype call if you want and uh We'll try to get your questions answered here, and 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 Rob, this has been a good event for kind of you know what um, Tanner and, and some of the guys have been talking about is, is uh, kind of okay. Well, let's let's uh, juice things up a little bit, and uh, let's let's try a few new things, and let's clean up uh, and, and get active and and get um, some of the station upgrades done. That uh, it's kind of been a good um, excuse for getting all that stuff done. 
Oh, absolutely, it has. Yeah, several of the clubs have commented that uh, you know their stations really weren't in operating condition, and this has inspired them to clean them up, uh, maybe put up new antennas, get the the rigs tweaked up, and get everything cleaned out. And uh, uh, it's it's just gotten them back on the air again. It's built a real sense of community among the um, the hams at the various NASA clubs. We've got twelve different clubs across the country here associated with various NASA centers and facilities and and uh, laboratories like the, the Jet Propulsion Lab. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been great all around uh, uh, getting us all going again. And as Tander said, getting new people on the air, too, and getting them exposed to new modes like digital modes uh, and, and working contests and things like that. It's uh, it's just been super for us. And I, and I hope it's been uh, fun for the folks that we've talked to as well. All right. Well, we're going to finish things up here, but uh, I want to run uh, around the horn here just uh, once. And any uh, closing comments or anything we forgot? So, uh, so Mike, if you haven't fallen asleep, there, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still here. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, to doing some more contacts. Uh, I, I actually spent some time on PSK31 and made uh, quite a number of contacts on on that and. Uh, uh, I may I may switch over to voice in the not too distant future, but I'm having a good time with it. Tanner, yeah, just uh, thanks Neil for having us again. And uh, again, uh, we'll be semi-active this weekend, but we'll be really ramping up on Monday. So we certainly hope to hear you. So it's been great so far, and we've had a lot of fun. All right, well, I hope to uh, to get you again and. Uh... Well, appreciate you uh, taking the efforts to make sure uh, that we get those uh, contacts in from up here. So I uh, appreciate that, and I'm sure we'll be uh, talking. And, uh, Ken, let's uh, let's finish things up with you. Okay, well, thank you very much, Neil. Uh, just a quick reminder that we are usually busy with at least one event a week, and uh, the next few weeks we actually have a lot more. So if they'll visit the Aris.org website, they can find out what events are occurring in their part of the world because we do work worldwide. All right, very good. And uh, we're going to finish things up here. And Don, oh, I forgot, I forgot about Don's stats, and I can't, for some reason, I can't see his comment here. But wanted to mention that uh, the stats um, have been tweeted out, and you can see those at. Um, the NASA on the air uh, website, but uh, you can see how many um, QSOs different um, NASA facilities have worked, and also the uh, participants. You can see the top ten people who uh, who've uh, contacted the most facilities. So uh, I hope that's what that was about. But I can't get the the screen to scroll down here for some reason. So so I hope that was it, Don. Uh, so we will uh, we'll finish this up and, and um, guys thanks so much for coming on and sharing all this with us and uh, we hope uh, that the second half is is even better than the first you bet thank you neil thank you so much thanks neil all right thank well you, it's yeah it's time for the call of the night and uh, tonight's winner receives an autographed uh, Heil Ham Radio Handbook, second edition, courtesy of Heil Sound. And tonight's winner is Brian, KG5GJT. So we'll get that out to Brian, and uh, congratulations to him. So that's a wrap for this week's Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guest, Dr. Rob Suggs, KB5EZ, 
Mike Logan, KM4, WUO, Tanner Jones, W9, TWJ, and Ken Ramsom, N5VHO. And everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and for calling in and invite you back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit HamTalkLive.com. And if you like HamTalkLive, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It'll help others Find us faster. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.